uh, I thank you for being here in church today. And we're going to be trying to preach a message that we would preach at camp. I think there's a lot of things that our young people are facing as they're getting into their lives that we adults understand very plainly. And I think all the things that our young people are going to be faced with this week and preach to about this week is applicable to us as adults as well. And I pray that this morning's message will be a blessing to you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. This morning, if you'd be please pray for me and listen attentively during the next few moments as we try to preach a message entitled, What Time Is It? What Time Is It? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for your safety and for your goodness to us today. I'm so thankful to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for all these folks who have come out to visit with us today and for our faithful members. And I pray, Lord, that your greatest blessings would be upon us today. We need your help, Lord. Help me as I preach and help those who hear for their hearts to be open to the truth. I pray and I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, this, this passage of Scripture has been often quoted. Songs have been written about it. But this day for our church is a day when we take many of our young people to camp. In my lifetime, camp was used by God to influence my heart. You see, my dad, my mom raised me in a Baptist church much like this. And every year, our pastor had a determination in his heart that our church would take our kids to camp. Now, in this particular year, we're going to a Christian college campus, and it's a, it's a wonderful campground to go to. It's actually not like going to camp at all. Perhaps you were like me, and you remember what it was like going to camp when you were young. Perhaps your camp was more rustic, like mine was. I went to a camp somewhere in Indiana called Camp Kazan, a camp that wasn't very well cared for, and I was just a young kid, and my mother didn't send me with bedding. And so I slept on a bare mattress that week, and I came home with a disease called empentigo. I also had poison oak when I went to camp. It was a bad time for me for the rest of that summer. All I could tell you was the food wasn't all that good. Uh, the camp wasn't all that good, but the preaching was great. And so you may remember going to, say, a rustic campground. I remember me and my wife went to a place called Manton, Michigan, and we were, we were truly roughing it. And I was like Charles Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, uh, hunting wild turkeys and cooking turkeys over open fire. And, and there, there were some wonderful things that we had there. We had to go outside to pump our own water, and, you know, there, there was no indoor running water. I mean, you really know what it's like to have grown up in the 1800s when you lived there. Some of you might remember that time. But I learned a lot of things at camp. I learned about life at camp. 
You know, when I was a young person and I, I got to camp, you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I mean, I, I was in church a lot and we had children's church. But when I started going to, to teen camp, I started learning a lot more about life. I started seeing ladies differently when I was a teenager. And it was good for me to go to camp and be challenged on my thought life, to be challenged about what I thought about the future and relationships and goals. I was challenged by God at camp through the preaching. And I was also blessed to be able to build lasting relationships with other preachers and other leaders and campers. And uh, many times we go collaboratively with other churches. And I know that this year's a different year for our church. We're not always going to go to this camp or campground, but this is a truly been a wonderful camp that my wife and I have attended the last few years. Our young people are going to be preached to about things that they're doing in their lives and that they're confronted with. You know, years ago when, when people were cutting on themselves, many times they were trying to commit suicide. But there's an epidemic, especially amongst young girls in our generation, where they're now cutting themselves on their arms and other places to release tension or energy or deal with anxiety. When I was at camp two years ago, the preacher that's going to preach this year was confronting people and teaching them about how to deal with their anxiety properly. This deal about these young women especially cutting themselves is in, it's all across the country. Every single youth group had at least one girl that was, that was dealing with that very issue. You say, what is this all about? It's a satanic influence upon this culture. And we as God's people have to do everything we can to minister to our young people, to teach them how to deal with issues like that. And even our Christian young people are dealing with the pressures of the world. And so what time is it? This particular time, hopefully for our whole church, but especially for those that are going to camp. This is a season to consider. We encourage our young people to seek the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 55 and verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God goes on to say in that passage that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. But it's a good thing to tell our young people and to encourage people to seek the Lord. We encourage young people to seek the Lord. If you're here in church today, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord. If you're a married man, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord for your marriage. If you're a married woman, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord in your marriage and how you raise your children and the things that you do inside your homes. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord. Why? Because it's a good thing to seek the Lord. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29 says, But thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. But if, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Many passages in the Bible refer to seeking the Lord. You know, the Bible says that we don't serve a God who is hiding in a corner and looks to withdraw himself from our lives. We serve a God that says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And that's a great promise of the Lord. We all need to seek the Lord. Have you found the Lord? I'm glad I found the Lord because God found me. He found me first. The Bible says that was while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. First Chronicles chapter 16 says, seek, ye, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His 
face continually. First Chronicles 22 and 19 says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. You know, when it deals with seeking the Lord, you're going to have to think about the Lord. Today I had to make a choice when I got to the Lord's house. That I was not going to focus on the events that took place this morning, but that I was going to seek the Lord. I wanted the Lord to be front and center in my life. Why? Because this is the Lord's day. This isn't my day. This is the day that we worship the Lord, that we set aside our hearts to seek the Lord. The scripture says in the book of Psalms in the 34th chapter, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You know the Bible promises you that God will take care of you if you put God first, if you seek the Lord. If you seek the Lord, you're better than a hungry lion. The scripture says the young lions lack, they suffer hunger. But those that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalm 105 and verse 3 says, Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Psalm 105 and 4 says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. Young people, I want to encourage you this morning to seek the Lord. The Lord's the most important thing you'll ever have in this life. You'll be facing the Lord at that time when you, when you take your last breath. The Bible talks about it here in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. That there's a season for everything. If you're still there in Ecclesiastes Chapter number 3, the Bible says in verse 2, that there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. The Bible speaks of this, that there's an appointment. And as it is appointed unto men, once to die, and after this, the judgment. So it's a time to seek the Lord, and there's some good reasons to seek the Lord. We know that Many people die what they call untimely deaths. You don't always get a chance to prepare for the day of your death. You don't always know when your day will come. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, I believe, chapter 27, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible talks about our lives like it's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. I've said this before, if you've heard me preach for very long, there's been people in my life before I even was out of high school that died what would be called an untimely death. One of my friends drowned in Florida on family vacation uh, before we even got out of middle school. Had another friend who died in a car accident his senior year in high school. I'll never forget the face of his father at the funeral. Just this year, a man from our last church who was supposed to get married just this last week, was a AAA truck driver and was tragically killed on the side of the road in his middle 30s in the prime of his life. He had no time to prepare, but I thank God that my friend Keith Skaggs had a clear testimony of salvation. I'm going to see Keith again because he knew the Lord Jesus as his Lord and Savior. But you don't always get a chance to prepare for your death. That's why it's very important to know and to plan and to think about the issues of salvation. So what kind of time is it in our young people and in our church? We encourage our church to seek the Lord. But I hope and pray that even today it would be a time of salvation. There was a time in my life when God began to work in my life to show me that I was a sinner and that I was apart from God, having a good upbringing, 
raised by a dad that to this day I've never heard my father utter a cuss, cuss word. I've never seen my dad drink a drink of alcohol. I've never, I mean, my dad's not a perfect man, but my dad was a man that was influenced by God. I was raised by a godly man who loved us and invested in us and worked hard for us. But you know what? God doesn't have grandchildren. Just because my dad was saved didn't mean that I was going to get saved. I had to receive Christ for myself. And I saw myself as a sinner as I was about 13 years of age. My pastor was preaching out of the book of Isaiah. I believe around the 53rd chapter where it said that Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. And as he was preaching, it was like a scene was being painted in my mind of Jesus Christ living 2,000 years ago, living a perfect life, and going to Calvary's cross and allowing men to crucify him. Why? Because I was a sinner. Because I had thought dirty thoughts. Because I had thoughts against the Lord and against people that the Lord had put over me. You know, I wasn't the worst of sinners at the age of 13. I've learned a lot more about sin after 13 than what I knew when I got saved. Those of you who are grown adults probably know more about sin than you did when you were a young person as well. But I remember who I was when I shut the door and my parents told me to shut the door to my room because I got in trouble. And I remembered the wicked thoughts that went through my mind because of my problem with authority. And God was using that, those manners of disobedience and sin in my life to show me that I was a sinner and that I was in need of salvation. And I came to a point in time in my life when it was a time for salvation. My pastor was calling me to get saved. Jesus died for your sins on Calvary's cross. He's paid for every sin that you've ever committed. If you're lost and you're not saved, why aren't you saved? Jesus paid it all. He shed His blood so that you might be forgiven. And everything He was saying was calling out to me that, Hey, what am I doing here? If I died right now, I wouldn't go to heaven I've never been forgiven and I needed to get saved. I remember when they hit that altar call at the end of the service. It was a time for salvation. I, I left my pew. I started thinking before the music started, well, what will people think of me if I go forward and get saved? I've been down there before. I got to the point where I didn't care what anybody else thought. God was dealing in my heart. I said, I'm going and I'm getting saved. And I came down to the altar and I began to talk to the Lord and confess myself to be a sinner. I told Him that I knew I was apart from Him. And I also told the Lord that I knew that He was the only way to be saved. I prayed what they would call the sinner's prayer. But you know, there was something missing as I was kneeling down at the altar. I wasn't trusting God to save me. I had never been born again by faith. I wasn't believing God to do for me what only He could do. And that was wash my sins and forgive me. You know, you can come to the altar and you can say, Lord, will you? All you want. You can ask the Lord, you can say all the right words, but salvation is a matter of the heart and salvation is a matter of faith. Never in the Bible does it tell you to ask the Lord to save you. And all over the Bible it tells you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever asketh him to save them, no, 
whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The, the Philippian jailer brought Paul and Silas out in Acts chapter number 16. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They did not say, ask the Lord to save you. They did not say that you need to get baptized in water in order to be saved. They said these words, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is how people get saved, by believing on the Lord's name. It was through Christ and Him alone. And this is not a message of of, of damnation to you. This is a message of hope. Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn the world. He came to the world to save the world. And that's where the pastor, as he preached, brought it so well to me as I was in my seat. I, I saw Jesus paying for all my sins. He died for my sins. He rose from the dead the third day. He now lives and sits at the right hand of God. He, he, he lives to intercede and, and to, 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 for us. He, he wants to save me. And I was sitting there thinking, why am I sitting here lost? You know, and there was no good reason for me to be sitting there lost. I'd like to say this to you today, friend. We're only going to preach for the next few moments. But if you're lost, can I ask you a question? Why? Why do you remain lost? You don't have to. Nothing else needs to be done in order for you to be saved but to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible, if you'd flip over to the right, just a few pages to the book of Jeremiah. It's a time for consideration. It's a time for salvation. In Jeremiah chapter number 6, there's a very interesting passage in the Bible, and we've certainly reached to this place, especially in the United States of America, where people can now with impunity sin against the Lord, and they're not even bothered by it anymore. We've gotten to a point in our country where people cannot blush anymore. It wasn't always like this. But in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 15, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. You know, that describes our generation. We live in a generation where sin has been built up as something that is glorified. And even today, amongst people who come to church, they commit sins that the Bible declare abomination to the Lord, and they're not even ashamed that they do it. They're proclaiming it as if they're proud. We're proud that we're coming out against the Lord. We're proud that we're doing our own thing. We're proud that we're rejecting the Bible. Hey, listen. It's not a good place to be. But as our young people go to camp, they're going to be challenged to obey the Scriptures and to seek the Lord while He may be found and look and see. In verse number 16, this is what the Lord said in response to those that were committing abomination. And all of you young people, you have a lot of decisions to make. I want you to go in the right way. I encourage you to follow the Lord. And the Bible says in verse number 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see. And ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest to your souls. I don't know how many of you young people have ever been hunting or out in the woods somewhere. I remember when I was young, I I grew up in a a city area, and I never had the privilege to go out and hunt. But when I was about 16, I went to northern Michigan, and some of my friends got me into hunting. and, And they showed me how to get to what they called either a deer blind or a tree stand. 
And there were footpaths that traveled back to certain areas, and you could see the beaten footpath as you traveled, even if, the, even if it wasn't light out. We got up a long time before daybreak, and we were going to go out to our stand so that we can go and hunt. And probably one of the most frightening things that I ever went through in my life when I was young was having to travel through the woods, even though I had a loaded .30-06. There were stories about bears up there in Michigan, hungry bears. Bears that liked people who had a lot of flesh, like me. And uh, even though I had a .30-06 and was walking out to that deer stand, I heard some stuff moving around at the top of the tree, and it was probably a turkey or something like that. Them turkeys, they're meant to be on the table, not in the tops of trees. But I got, I got a little scared as I was going on that footpath. It was also something that took place that first time I went out there is I came to a fork in the road, and I took the wrong path. And I got lost in the woods. I wasn't unfamiliar with the territory. That's what this passage in the scripture is saying. The Lord says, stand ye in the ways and see. There's a lot of paths that you can take as a young person. There's this path, there's this path, there's this path. Trust me, not everybody's going to have a voice like mine. Calling you to walk in a path of righteousness. A lot of voices out there today saying, try this, try that. I told you the story once before how my daughter got a job at Waffle House and somebody told her from her workplace that she was missing out because she'd never tried heroin. Trying to get my daughter to take heroin because, hey, if you don't try it, you don't know what you're missing out on. It was a way. It was, it's a, she could have made that choice. Thank God she came home and told me about it. We're talking to young people and older people. Stand you in the ways and see there's many paths to go on today. But if you ask the Lord for the old paths, He'll give you an old path. You know, I'm still someone who believes in the old paths. I believe in the old path of preaching. I think preaching gets the job done. Preaching draws people to the Lord. Especially when we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Preaching got me in the door. I'm not upset with preaching. We're not going to move. I mean, that this church called me to be the pastor. And as the pastor of this church, I'm never going to move the church to make more emphasis upon music than it does on the preaching of the Word of God. Preaching will be paramount in our services. Preaching still gets the job done. I still believe in good music. I believe in music that uplifts the soul. I believe in singing from the soul. I believe in singing with your heart and soul to the Lord. To bless the Lord and all that's within you, bless His holy name. I love praising the Lord. I believe in the old paths. I'm going to tell you something else I believe. I still believe in the old path of marriage. I believe that God ordains marriage for relationships. And I think the devil has cheapened everything that has to do with marriage today to our young people. I'm still here to tell you young people that God still blessed marriage when he brought the woman to the man. And he blessed their marriage. And I'm still for the marriages of people that are here today. I pray that God would bless and help your marriage. There is something about someone who will forsake all others and commit themselves to their spouse and to the Lord till death do us part. It's an old way. It's an old path. But it's still a good path. The Bible says, stand ye in the ways and see. And ask for the old paths wherein is the good way. In Joel chapter 3 and verse number 14, the scripture declares that there are multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. There's many decisions to make as a young person. 
Young person, you can choose to put off your seeking of the Lord till a better day. A day when you get done sowing all of your wild oats. Many times in our young people's lives today, they're on a new path. A lot of new paths that are out there today. I mean, I'm, I'm personally thankful that I didn't grow up with a smartphone. It's complicated my life. If you would have told me 20 years ago that we were going to give our nation's young men access, unfettered access to the Internet, alone, in their rooms. I grew up in a day when my dad didn't even let me have headphones. I had to, I had to cheat to listen to bad music when I was young. I was so unscrupulous, and you know what? I was a bad teenager. I walked away from the Lord for a little while. You know how bad I was? You know how rebellious I was? I would take preaching tapes and record music off the radio on preaching tapes. And if my dad did catch me with, with headphones in, I'd say, look, Dad, I'm listening to a preaching tape. Now, all he had to do was press play. I was a liar. I was a cheat. And you know what? All that sin caught up with me. And all that sin will catch up with you, too. But we have a generation of young people today who have lost their purity. We have a generation today who has delved and not only delved in, not just dipping their toe in, but has dived into perversion through pornography and a bunch of other things that they have access to. And all I'm here to tell you is if you're sitting in this congregation today, and you're struggling with issues like that, and some of our young people struggle with it, I want to say this. I've been around long enough to know that there's older people that are struggling with it too. There is help from the Lord Jesus Christ if you will commit your heart to the Lord, if you will commit your heart to seek the Lord. So we're going to be talking about our young, with our young people this week, and I'll close with Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4, and we'll close with these thoughts. The Bible says... In verse number 26, the very first phrase of Proverbs 4 and verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet. As a man, has God ever got your attention and said, you know, if you keep going this direction, you keep doing this. You're not going to end in a good place. God ever got your attention like that? I remember as a newly married man, there were some things going on in my life, and I had to, I had to get my life right with God. I said, where's this train going to end up? What track am I on? I, I was pondering where my steps were heading. And there probably are people in this room today, you're heading in the wrong direction. You might have been in church today, but spiritually you need to come to the right direction. It could be that you haven't pondered the path of your feet in the matter of eternity. Can I encourage you as a minister of the gospel, as a preacher of the word of God, if you're not saved today, Jesus paid it all for you, sir, ma'am, young person. Be saved before it's eternally too late. If you ponder where your feet are headed and what your future holds, John chapter 3 and verse 36 says, The wrath of God abides, abides upon those who have refused to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't refuse Jesus. Receive Jesus. And you can do that today. There could be some others here today, and you're, you're on the paths of sin. You need to turn from your ways and come back to the Lord 
We started with Isaiah chapter number 55, which said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Maybe you need to get some things right with the Lord here today. Could be people here today who need to be saved. Could be people here today who need to repent and turn from their, their sinful ways and come back from a backslidden condition. And there may be others here today who just need to visit the altar to pray for a lost loved one that God would work in their life. Whatever God has spoken to you about today, I want to encourage you to respond during this invitation. Let's stand together, please. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we'll prepare for this verse of invitation. What time is it in your life? Maybe it's a time to get saved. Could be for some of you a time to be scripturally baptized. Could be a time for you to get right with a brother or sister. Could be a time for you to pour your heart out to the Lord if your heart is heavy for someone else. I don't know how God spoke in your heart today. Young people, if you're going to camp this week, maybe it's been a while since you visited an altar. Why don't you get in the habit of coming forward? Your youth pastor's just come forward. He's going to bow his knee for, for you. Won't you young people come forward? Ask God to help you this week. Don't be ashamed to come and bow the knee before the Lord. Seek the Lord, young people. It's a good time. Say, Lord, work in my life. Could be other parents that need to come for their children. If you're a man in this church and you want to come and pray for our youth, oh, we need prayer. We've got to have God work in these kids' lives. If you're a man of prayer, would you come and pray? If you're a lady of prayer, would you come and beg God today that he would work in our, our lives, that he would work with our young people, that he'd save the lost, he'd help us to reconnect with these kids, that they would do what is right. If you're a person here today and you need to get right with God, don't let this moment pass you by as we sing the first verse, Brother John. If you need help in the altar, all you got to do is lift your hand. We'll send someone to pray with you. Won't you come, young person? Lord, work in my life this week. Work in my family this
here for about six months. I can't tell you how many times that my heart's been blessed by praying with Brother C.R. Domini. I thank God for the good old men of the faith, men who have been faithful to God and who still care about other people. And a young person, if you're here today, one of the oldest men in this church was down here at the altar calling out for you that God would help you during this week and bless our travels. I I thank you so much for your prayers this week. On the way out, I, I asked Brother John if he'd give that. Did you give that to the ushers? There's a bunch of cards. If you're not going to pray, please don't take one of those cards. But if you will commit to praying for these young people, would you just take a card or two? And every time you can think about it, pray for that person that God would work in their heart this life or this week in their lives for camp. And uh, pray for us. We're traveling mercies. We're tra- traveling again seven and a half hours today. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m. we're having our evening service. And in my absence, Brother Bruce Martin is going to be delivering a message. And uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate our faithful men here. Brother Wayne Hudson's been preaching in my absence on Wednesdays. And Brother Martin's taking some services. And I'm just thankful that we have a group of, of qualified and great men. And, and not only them. There, this, this church has a, a lot of men who have really come alongside and been a real blessing to me. And uh, I'm thankful for every single one of you. All right, we're going to go ahead and pray and be dismissed. I'm going to call on Brother Wayne Hudson to dismiss the service in prayer, please.
for these young people, these leaders, doctors, folks in these pews that they can turn. Or there's, uh, there's young people that they can turn. Or we just need to put our eyes on you, following you. God, please take us. Make, the, make this church a lighthouse. Make us, make us a soul in this station. Thank you for the message that we've heard today. And God, would you help us to respond? It's not others that need you, it's us that need you. It's not others that can follow you, it's us. Please pray, children. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.